and she in a beamer. I don't wanna, cause she from the corner. And I heard that beamer was. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today. Monday, July the 30th. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Uh, happy Monday. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. As a matter of fact, on Friday, I had a chance to be in Norfolk, Virginia at the MEAC Media Day. A lot came out of that. And of course, no surprise, North Carolina A&T, the Aggies picked once again to repeat as MEAC champions. As a matter of fact, 2018 was or 17 was a splendid season for the Aggies going undefeated and winning their second Celebration Bowl title and being named HBCU National Champions in three years. So today we're going to look at those A&T Aggies and uh, some changes, uh, uh, some changes across the board. And let's start with the coaching change as Rod Broadway retired, goes out on top, um, retired as the head football coach at North Carolina A&T as it was announced in a press conference or at a press conference in January. And at that same press conference, Sam Washington, veteran coach, Sam Washington had been with Broadway for the last 11 years, seven at A&T, the previous four at Grambling, has also had stops at Johnson C. Smith, North Carolina Central, when North Carolina Central was in the CIAA, Mississippi Valley State, his alma mater, and even had a one-year stint at North Carolina A&T in 2001 under Bill Hayes, is now the head football coach in all the years of coaching. For Sam Washington, this is his first head coaching position. And I think he's taking, I think he's he's always taking everything in stride. I've had, you know, an opportunity to spend some some a little bit of time with Sam Washington. He's quiet, very humble, but I tell you what, the results he produces for the teams that he has coached uh speaks loudly. It speaks volumes. And uh, what this A&T program uh, has been able to do, especially defensively, under the last uh, in the last seven years. As a matter of fact, I was reading a stat that indicated that A&T only one time in seven years has A&T been out of the top twenty nationally in terms of defense, and even that year they were still within the top thirty, and that's really really saying something. So I think Sam Washington, as he mentioned. Um, in his at the media day um, and something that uh, Rod Broadway always said is we do chicken, meaning when, um, you know, if you're KFC or whatever the case, whatever fast food chicken place it may be, they don't do burgers and all this other stuff. They do chicken. And so that's and, and what that means is A&T um, is all about the defense. Um, and so we're going to see that a lot as um, Sam Washington going to put his uh, continued stamp on the defense, but now having to oversee, over, oversee everything as the head football coach of North Carolina A&T. And that brings us to the offense for North Carolina A&T because, um, you know, there were some changes as a matter of fact in terms of the coaching on offense and really what um, A&T and Sam Washington did was promote within because Chip Hester, who had been the offensive coordinator um, the last um, at least four years at A&T, left to become the head football coach at a startup program um, in North Carolina. And uh, so Chris Barnett now takes over the offensive coordinator duties. He's been the quarterback's coach or had been the quarterback's coach um, and, and probably will st- may, 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 you know, uh, maintain those duties. 
um, since 2015. And of course, it all begins in speaking about Chris Barnett. Uh, nobody knows Lamar Raynard, the quarterback for North Carolina A&T, better than Barnett does. And all Barnett has been able to do is help Raynard be the MEAC's offensive player of the year, put up some astounding numbers, did uh, Raynard on last year and really has progressed. If you go back to the 2016 season, he was really making some progress and then ended up getting hurt but played all 12 games on last year, throwing for over 2,500 yards in the process. And this guy is a pure pocket passer, throws an excellent deep ball, uh, has excellent vision, excellent reads. And uh, so it's all going to begin with Lamar Raynard as the the wide receiver and then of course I mean A&T ha- is very deep at wide receiver yes they lose Chris Garden who was a phenomenal receiver and outstanding uh, kick return man as well but what they do return is the best wide receiver in the MEAC and one of the best in all of FCS in Elijah Bell who had a tremendous season last year is a pretty Pretty nice sized kid at 6'2", uh, 215, 220 pounds, um, can run, create separation, is excellent uh, on the sideline, can make excellent catches, um, you know, sort of falling out of bounds and so forth. And this kid is going to be absolutely tremendous. And so you don't lose anything there. As a matter of fact, he's going to be a junior this season as well. Also, when you talk about receivers, you also got to talk about uh, Malik Wilson as well, who Malik Wilson had a pretty good season, better than a good season um, on last year. As a matter of fact, had 14 catches, averaged 23.8 yards per catch. And of those 14 catches, um, if my memory serves me correctly, five of six, five or six of those were touchdowns. Also in the tight end game, you got Leroy Hill was first team all MEAC coming back at the tight end. So in the passing game, A&T is going to be absolutely tremendous. Then in the running game, of course, we all, I mean, (laughs) you know, I think for years and years to come, we're going to continue to mention Tariq Cohen because he's the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. And there have been some pretty good running backs um, at North Carolina A&T. When you think about the likes of Maurice Smith and and Maurice Hicks and George Ragsdale and some of those other guys um, that are really, really good. But Markwell Cartwright uh, comes back, and Markwell Cartwright, all he did was rush for well over 1,000 yards on last year. And this is a young man that's a tough runner. He uh, he likes the contact. He takes on the contact. A lot of times he initiates the contact and is able to finish. Um, you hit him, he's still going to get you. Once you hit him, he's still going to get you an extra two or three yards. So he's going to be phenomenal um, in the running game as well. I think one of the things that the Aggies, def- I'm not going to say they're going to struggle in, but that's got to be of concern is that offensive line that was anchored by Box to Row All-America and third-round uh, NFL selection by the Oakland Raiders, Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker no longer there to anchor that offensive line, but I think even more importantly than not having um, Brandon Parker there is that they this was a cohesive unit the last couple of years. I know when I would talk with Coach Broadway, he would have some concerns about the offensive line, but this is a unit that was able to pretty much stick together. Well, now you got to replace four starters 
on the offensive line, but they're going to be led uh, by Marcus Pettifer, who is a first-team All-MEAC preseason uh, selection. So he's going to have to get those guys right as he's going to be able to anchor that offensive line. That's the offense for the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Let's take a look at the defense. I mean, the defense is good. I mean, listen, you know, they return eight starters on the defensive side of the football. But when you lose a guy like a Jeremy Taylor, who has been a, a two-time box-to-row All-America at linebacker, um, is a guy that not only played the linebacker position extremely well, but he was also excellent in coverage. He was the leading tackler last year, 69 tackles, also had five interceptions on the season, eight pass breakups, eight and a half tackles for loss. I mean, that is an extremely big-time loss for North Carolina a and I, I, you know, I, if you haven't seen or you don't watch a and on a regular basis, a guy like a Jeremy Taylor could get lost in the shuffle in terms of, but if you watch them, you know exactly who this guy is. So that's going to be a big-time loss. But with that being said, I mean, the, the, the Aggies, where it begins for the Aggies and why the linebackers, and they got a, a plethora of linebackers, as a matter of fact, but why the linebackers are able to make these plays is because the defense is so stout. The defensive line up front is so stout. A guy to keep your your name or keep an, an eye on and, and a name out for is Daryl Johnson. He was a first-team all-MEAC selection on last year. And this is a guy that absolutely gets all he does. He, he just makes plays. Six and a half sacks last year, 15 and a half tackles for loss. He plays one of the defensive end positions. I mean, he's just a guy that can get to the quarterback and make plays. And then you got guys up front, Julian McKnight, Sam Blue, big time, big guys that are up front. Justin Cates, um, another guy that's going to be able to make some plays. Jermaine Williams made a lot of plays for A&T on last year. So they got some guys that can really play the football um, up front and can really go out and make a bunch of plays. And then from the linebacker uh, position, Keondrick Richardson had a pretty solid season for A&T on last year. So definitely be on the lookout for him. Um, also, Deion Jones. Boy, Deion Jones has been a model of consistency at the linebacker position for A&T, a guy who's just a tackling machine. Um, watch out for him. I uh, suspect that Julius Reynolds, who's a redshirt senior this year, is going to have a lot. He's going to get a lot more playing time. And when he's gotten playing time on last year, all he has done is come around and made a bunch of plays. In the secondary, the secondary is going to be led by Mac McCain, a box-to-row All-American last year as a redshirt freshman. He led the MEAC in interceptions, six interceptions on last year. As a matter of fact, he had three pick sixes, three pick sixes last year, and he had a huge, as a redshirt freshman, in the biggest game for A&T last year against Grambling in the Celebration Bowl, Grambling looking to, to get ready to score, to take a lead. The whole momentum of the game changes because Mac McCain um, jumped a route, and this is a redshirt freshman. He sort of saw the wide receiver uh, making his break and right at the end zone jumped right in front of the pass and got the interception. It definitely was a game changer, and really, uh, uh, it really – was the reason why ANT was went on to get that victory. So Mac McCain is going to be key in the secondary at one corner. Also to Madre Abram, he's a first-team All-MEAC preseason selection. Um, he's definitely going to be key 
in the secondary as well as Jamar, uh, Jamal Darden. Jamal Darden, uh, a safety, is a big-time hitter. Don't expect any fall off just because there's no Jeremy Taylor. You got to, I mean, that's a guy that made a lot of plays, but in terms of schematically and the depth that A&T has, they're going to be pretty big time on uh, when it comes to the secondary and really the defense overall. In terms of the A&T schedule, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough schedule to begin with. As a matter of fact, the FCS kickoff, which is going to be on ESPN, um, the Aggies going to travel to Montgomery, Alabama, going to take on Jacksonville State. And that's going to be, I think, a true test of where this A&T program is. Remember, A&T finished top five in, a- in FCS or top 10 in FCS on last year, along with Jacksonville State. And Jacksonville State's a perennial power in FCS, has been, so is A&T. So that's going to be a really good test. That's going to show where A&T really is. And then the following week, they remain on the road, um, traveling in-state over to Greenville to take on East Carolina East Carolina, of course, a member of the AAC, and that's going to be a tough game for North Carolina A&T, but again, a measuring stick as to where the program is, and then that's going to be followed up by three straight home games um, for the Aggies, Gardner-Webb, Morgan State, and then South Carolina State, which is always a great game. The game against South Carolina State, as a matter of fact, is going to be an ESPN Thursday night game. And uh, so that's uh, that is just always a great rivalry, South Carolina State and North Carolina A&T. So um, that's going to wrap it up for the North Carolina A&T Aggies on today. Um, again, if you didn't have a chance to listen to the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, which airs on a radio station near you, near you we're going to have that podcast, that show posted on tomorrow right at BotchToRow.com. Also, tomorrow as the HBCU Football Daily Podcast Count continues, we're going to preview Savannah State. This is going to be their last season in the MEAC before they move back to Division Two. So have a great rest of your day. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it.